What's up, everybody? We're back. Happy to be back. It's been a minute. Um, we're trying to find sort of a cadence or rhythm to this thing, and we about concluded we're going to start going. Um, we're going to publish every Saturday. So we'll see how that goes. But right now, in terms of everything that we've got going on, we feel like Saturday is when we can consistently get something live every single week. Um, so that's the plan for the moment. And want to make one little adjustment this week. We're going to continue to tell sort of the story of how we got to where we're at and also just sort of the journey we're on right now. But we also want to start answering some of the common questions that we get asked throughout the week via email or messages that come into us. You know, there's a huge array of questions that you all have as you're trying to you know, design your smart home or upgrade your smart home. And we want to help address some of that here. But I want to finish... Um, well, not finished, but I want to keep telling the story that we've been telling. So if this is your first podcast and you're just jumping in for the first time, um, quick review. I want to tell you a little bit about this guy, Jerem. And kind of backing up, Time, my brothers and I started Time. It was a home security company, and we wanted to be focused on smart homes. We wanted to be more focused on smart homes than any other security company at the day. And we opened business in Dallas, Texas, and um, a distributor that kind of believed in us and saw some promise in us said, hey, you guys could be really good at doing smart homes and home automation, helped us get certified uh, and really educated up on, on audio, video, and home automation. And right after that, we landed a contract with a large production builder in Utah. We were doing 300 smart homes standard per year, and we were in an exclusive agreement with them to take care of their clients. And we were in an exclusive agreement. <laughs> And we were in exclusive agreement to take care of their clients. So we closed down Dallas. We closed down Idaho. We put all of our energy into the Texas market or into the Utah market. Sorry. And it was a complete disaster. It was a dumpster dive, right? Um, and it was a complete disaster. We learned a ton, but they were frustrated with us. We were frustrated with them. And over the course of these three years, it just got progressively worse and eventually it became apparent to both sides that the relationship needed to end. So last week I mentioned, you know, I've been telling this story for the last three episodes. And last week I mentioned that we met this guy named Jerem with, at the time the name was Treehaven Homes. They've become Allaire Homes. But we met this guy named Jerem and it changed everything. And that's kind of where we begin today. So we knew that we had about a year to go. And what I mean by that is we'd met with a builder and nobody had officially said, hey, this thing's over yet. But we knew that this relationship with the production builder was ending. And we knew any minute they were going to call us in and tell us it was over or we were going to tell them it was over. But we always had about a six-month runway, a pipeline of jobs that we'd already started that we knew we were going to have to continue to working on. And so we figured whenever that day comes that us or them says, hey, we're done, we've got another six months and we're nearing that timeline. So we're in an exclusive or have been in an exclusive. And we'd been out of the exclusive for a couple of months. But we still didn't have any business in the market. Part of the reason is that because of, of the, the nature of this relationship, we were doing production homes. And it was basically a glorified security system. For most of the time, it was a control for system, like a base control for package that people could upgrade. But what it really came down to was a security system. It was a DSC security system with a Control 4 controller on top of it. I mean, there was no audio. There was no video. Like, nothing. It was just a glorified security system. It was way too much work and, and really no value to the client, to the builder, or to us. And so clients were moving to the homes. They were very frustrated. A lot of them felt like they'd kind of been taken. Like, the builder had 
marketed this really cool smart home package and they got in and it just was a watered down security system. So there was a lot of frustration and it was such a big thing and so heavily marketed in the city that a lot of people knew we were the company that was doing the smart home side of it and the AV side of it. And so we kind of had a bad reputation. Nobody wanted us to do their home, but especially if it was a custom home or a large luxury home, people, the, the mentality was like, Hey, we like you guys, but you do little cookie cutter combs for this production builder. You don't seem like somebody who could do custom home for us. So this was a real sticking point for us. So about this time, an electrician that we worked with on about half the homes of this production builder calls up our guy and he's like, Hey, I'm doing a big custom home and I need your help. Can you come give me some tips? Come give me some advice. So we call our guy Hewitt and we're like, dude, Hewitt, we don't have time for this. Will you run over there and just see if you can answer a few questions? The electrician had always been really good to us. We wanted to make sure that we helped. So Hewitt goes <laughs> and basically what came down to is that they didn't want tips. They just wanted to hand the job off to us and they wanted to introduce us to the builder before they handed the job off to us. So Hewitt calls me and he's like, dude, you better get down here. It's a really big, beautiful custom home. And the builder's here asking a lot of questions. I don't think I should answer. Come down here. So I jump in my car and I rush to this, this custom home. And it's gorgeous. And you have to understand, like for three years, we've been trying to break out of this sort of production cookie cutter thing and have an opportunity to sink our teeth into our first custom home. And... You know, I drive into this cul-de-sac and there's this beautiful craftsman style home and it's massive and I'm going, oh my gosh, like what are we driving into? And I go inside and, and I, I finally meet Jerem, uh, who became one of our most important partners and in, in the building community. And I'll, I'll never forget it. I walk in and there's this guy, he's about our age. He's got his steel-toed boots on and his jeans and like a t-shirt that says Tree Haven Homes. In my memory, he's got a toothpick in his mouth. I don't know if that's true or not, but I walk in and Hewitt's like, hey, this is Jerem, and you know, these are the electricians, and Jerem's like, hey, dude, what's up? Kind of doesn't acknowledge me, and he's just pounding nails into the floor, and like obsessively, he's stomping all over the floor, and every few seconds grabs a nail and pounds it into the floor, and then like just keeps stomping all over the floor, and I'm watching this guy, and I'm like, who is this guy? And I finally go, so what are we doing here? Like, why are we stomping on the floor and driving nails in? I'm just curious. And he's like, oh, it's it's a trick to make sure you keep the squeak out of the floor. So everywhere I hear a squeak, if I drive a nail in, it helps just sure things up a little bit more so we have a little bit less squeak. And I'm like, okay, I get it. And the whole time we were there that night, this dude's stomping around on his floors trying to get the squeaks out. But I absolutely loved it because it told me right out of the gate something that I needed to know about this builder that he cared a lot about details and quality. And he wanted to provide a good product for his client. And that got us really excited about working with him. But what was but what was really cool about it is right out of the gates, if you've ever like had one of those opportunities where you meet somebody and just right out of the gates, you, you just really get along, you really like this person, you know it's somebody you want to be around with and spend time. That was how we felt about Jerem as soon as we met him. We just liked him, it clicked, we knew we wanted to work with him. But even more... He was totally fearless when it came to trying things inside of the home. In that, I credit so much of our success in the last few years, especially projects that won awards, to Jerem's willingness to try things he'd never tried before. Then I totally understand why a lot of builders don't want to do that because you don't, you don't want to be caught carrying the bag 
when it goes wrong and you've got to tear apart the home and redo something or have an angry client, you'd like to not be the guinea pig on stuff. And I totally appreciate that. But Jeremy's mentality was always like, oh, let's try it. Worst case scenario, we've got to cut some sheetrock and fix it or you know, pull up some tile. It's not ideal, but it's nothing that we can't get past. So let's try it. So there was always this like, let's just go for it mentality. And he was as enthusiastic about the tech as we were. So it was like a match made in heaven. What's funny is that that project <laughs> went sideways for Jerem, and we never ended up doing anything on that project. Uh, we did wire it, but that was all we did. We wired it, and that was it. But a few weeks later, Jerem calls us, and he says, hey, we have this home. We were going to sell it as a spec, but we're going to enter it into the Pareto home. And I would love for you guys to come and put a smart home package in this Pareto home. And he's like, here's the deal. I have a $10,000 budget. I don't care what you do. Just make it the coolest home in the parade for $10,000. And you can do whatever you want. And and that sounds really cool, but $10,000 doesn't get you very far at all. And you have to remember that up until this point, like we had done some audio and we had done some video, but to a large extent, all we'd done is a glorified security system with Control 4 on top of it. We really hadn't done much. So this was our opportunity as a company to kind of make a splash and let people know that we could do some other things, but we only had... $10,000 to do it. And to make it worse, we'd only used something called Key Digital. Um, like we'd never, we'd never really done much in the control full world with audio video. We had this product called Key Digital. Key Digital is still around. They build video matrices and HDMI switches and video balance. And they built a controller that allows you, like an app that allows you to control that. But it was all like custom code at the time. And we'd never successfully got it to work. And we weren't really certified yet for Control 4. I know somebody's going to like, wait, this is confusing. So it's easier to just say with the production builder, we always did Control 4. We were with production builder for three years. And the first year and a half, we did something called HAI. And then we migrated to Control 4. But it was the same system. We just switched the brain from HAI to Control 4. Anyway, so we'd never really you know, cut our teeth yet on Control 4. We were still in the HEI key digital world and just starting to migrate into Control 4. So we're looking at this and we go, all right, let's just give him everything at cost. We won't make any money on this job. Let's just squeeze everything we can possibly squeeze into this home for $10,000. We'll do the labor for free, everything. And we called, we started calling manufacturers and I remember we called our friends at True Audio and we were like, hey, we have this project. Could you help us out? And they're like, yeah, it's a Pareto home. Here's what we can do for you. And we were able to upgrade the speakers so there were nicer speakers in the home. You know, we had some friends from Texas that hooked us up with uh, Casa Tunes, which is a, an audio solution that you airplay to. It's an audio distribution solution. So we start piecing together all these pieces for this smart home. And what we end up giving him is a, a smart home that's totally disconnected. It's not um, like a, a control force system that runs everything in the home. It's like six different apps is the best we can do on the budget. And we're like, all right, we got to kind of smoke screen this for the parade. So we got to make it look like it's a little bit more glorious than it really is. And so we had iPads on the wall and we were all there working the parade. And Jerem absolutely loved it. And what was so cool about it is that it clicked for Jerem. He saw as a home builder how much it could enhance the home for his clients and, and how they could use the technology inside of their homes to enhance their experience in their dream homes. And he was absolutely in love with it. And I remember I would come to the house and Jerem would be, you know, with the iPad walking around the house, talking with some prospective client, just bragging about the tech in the home. And then he would hand them off to us. 
and I was like, oh, oh, oh okay, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll talk, <laughs> I'll talk to this client because that was not the experience we'd had with the previous relationship with the other production builder. So all of a sudden we started getting leads, and they were um, leads that you know we did our first savant system because they walked through this parade home and visited with Jerem, and then like two days later called us and asked us to do the savant system. So these leads started coming because of this one project with Jerem. And there's a lot of other really cool stuff that sprung out of this, and I'll, I'll, I'll talk more about it next week. What made this relationship so valuable to us and so dynamic was that Jerem, number one, he loved the tech, but he was fearless about it. Anytime, like the very first fiber optic star ceiling we did, Jerem, you know, he came to us and he said, I know we've never done a fiber optic star ceiling before, but the client wants it. And you weren't going to get the job unless I told him you could do it. So I told him you could do it. And now we need to figure it out. And so figure it out. And, you know, we're known now for our fiber optic star ceilings, but, you know, it's because Jerem came to us and said, we have to make this work in order to get this project for you. You know, we had to tear down the ceiling and redo it. And Jerem was always a champ about it. Like, hey, we're going to get this. We're going to figure it out. <laughs> One time we were sitting down with Jerem and he told us that he told a prospective client. He said, you're going to love the guys from time. He said, you just have to understand it's kind of like coordinated chaos. They just... You kind of wonder the whole time if it's going to come together. And then at the very end, like, it just works and it comes together and you'll love them. And we sat around in stitches and we we're like, we've got, we've got to do better if that's the way you're describing us to clients. But, but we love that you're okay with kind of like our madness and our craziness and how we operate. So it was a match made in heaven, right? And not everybody gets an opportunity to meet a builder like that. But if and when you do, if you're a dealer listening to this, double down on that relationship. I'll tell you in a few weeks, we actually lost that relationship. I credit most of our growth to Jerem. And about a year and a half ago, we stopped all business with Jerem because we underperformed. And it was a very, very painful experience. Uh, and Jerem's a champ, great friend. Uh, in fact, just recently had a long conversation with uh, one of the top people at his company and they're now sending work back to us and we're kind of getting the band back together. So it has a happy ending, but if you have a builder like that, double down on them and their clients and take care of them uh, and do everything you can to take care of them, whatever it takes. Likewise for clients, if you're willing to take chances and if you have a builder that's willing to take some chances, some really fun things can have with your technology. All right, enough about Jerem. We'll talk more about that. I want to answer this question about lighting control. So one question that keeps coming up is about panelized lighting and wireless lighting. And I want to address this because I think it convinces people to go away from lighting. People come to us all the time and they say, hey, I want to do lighting control. Give me a panelized lighting quote. Panelized lighting is a type of lighting control, but lighting control is not inherently panelized lighting. Hopefully that makes sense, okay? So in the umbrella of lighting control, there are really two types. There's what we call wireless lighting and there's panelized lighting. And they're both forms of lighting control. But if you want the ability to turn your lights on and off from your phone or from voice or from keypads on the wall, that's a type of lighting control. Either wireless lighting control or panelized lighting control can achieve the same end for you. There was a day a decade ago, 15 years ago, where if you wanted some of the higher level programming, you had to go with panelized lighting. They call them, you know, if-then statements. You know, if the front door opens, trigger the hallway lights to come on. And 
you know, the famous scene everybody would talk about is you get out of your bed and when you hit the pad on your, on your carpet, it has the bathroom lights activate 50% and the kitchen lights activate 50% and whichever room you walk into first will turn on full and the other will turn off. That was all things that you could do in panelized lighting. To a large extent, you can do all of that now with wireless lighting. So the primary advantage to panelized lighting is aesthetics. What panelized lighting allows us to do is you take a bank of light switches in a kitchen or a great room where you have you know three, four light switches on the wall. People call it wall acne. You panelize those light switches, and which just means that basically all those light switches get put in what looks like a breaker box and then you replace those light switches on the wall with a keypad that points back to the switches in the breaker box. So instead of four or five light switches on the wall, you have a single keypad on the wall with six buttons, and each of those buttons points to one of those light switches in the breaker box, or a scene that may trigger a number of those light switches. So in terms of the ability to turn the lights on and off, really nothing's different, but aesthetically it's more attractive in the home. And on larger scale homes, more luxury homes, homes where the design aesthetic is, is king and it's driving the decisions, we see a lot of panelized lighting. There are some um, sort of low voltage lighting solutions, we'll go into this in another episode, that lend themselves or sometimes require elements of panelized lighting, we'll leave it at that. But in terms of just lighting control, Either panelized or wireless will, will get you there. So what wireless is, it's kind of a misnomer. It's a misleading name, right? You take an existing switch or dimmer on the wall, just a dumb switch, dumb dimmer, and you replace it with a smart light switch and a smart dimmer. And instantly you have control of the lights that that switch or dimmer controls. So the switch is still hardwired to the lighting. Nothing about it is wireless. But the communication in order to control it can be wireless. And some people go, well, I want panelized because it won't be wireless. And there's different types of panelized lighting. Some panelized lighting is just as much wireless as wireless lighting. Again, the main difference is that we're reducing the wall clutter and putting a single keypad on the wall. So the individual switches and dimmers are hardwired, but your ability to control them through a mobile app or your voice is achieved wirelessly. And that's where that name wireless lighting comes from. But they're both under the umbrella of lighting control. And I share that with you because if you start searching panelized lighting or getting quotes from your dealer about panelized lighting, most of the time it's going to be more expensive than wireless lighting. And so people will start to go down that road and go, oh, it's too expensive. I don't want to do lighting at all. And then they just jump out of the lighting world. And the reality is you probably just need wireless lighting and it can be very cost effective. And you can even do hybrids. So you can panelize certain areas of the house, like your kitchen or your great room, and then you could do wireless everywhere else. There's a ton of options. Make sure you understand the difference. If you're working with a dealer and you're working through the process of quoting out your lights, you know, look, look at those and, and kind of see if panelized is going to fit your budget or if you need to go the wireless route. But explore it all the way. And oftentimes, a weird thing, you know, I don't mind just sharing this with you if, if you're a homeowner listening to this, if I give you a bid and I tell you that an individual light switch is going to cost you $250, a lot of times buyers will look at that and go, no way, I don't want to have anything to do with that. But if instead I tell you that I can do a panelized lighting system or a wireless lighting system for your entire home for $20,000, people go, huh, well, that's interesting. 
Tell me about that. Why would I do that? It's this weird anomaly. And you may be listening to this going, I don't want to pay $20,000 for lighting. And that's fine. But, but my point is there's some psychology there for most buyers when we say, hey, an individual light switch costs you $100, $200, $300, whatever. It depends on the system you're looking at. But the whole system costs $20,000. People tend to get turned off by that individual price point of a $100 or $200 light switch. But when we say all-in, programmed, here's what it costs, people are kind of like, oh, you know what, that's kind of interesting to me. I'm fascinated by that. So my point is explore that all the way with the panelized lighting, the wireless lighting, um, see where it can go. Uh, and if it fits your home, your, your idea of what you want in your home, I can tell you this, I'm most excited about the combination of lighting, shade, and voice control of all the technology in the home. I, if you'd asked me even a year ago, I never would have said that. But I've seen what phenomenal lighting control can do to change a home. When you can change the colors, the temperatures, you can dim the lights, you can use your voice, it's panelized, it's tied in with the shades. I can't imagine building a home today without incorporating that into my home. It would be, to me, I would put that in my home before I would do audio and video. And I am a huge, huge audio video guy. But I know I could wire up my speakers and add those in later. So I would allocate the first of my budget to my lighting control and then do whatever I need to from there to bring in audio video. So that's it for this week. Uh, we'll have more fun story to tell you about Jerem. Uh, we'll talk about our first star ceiling next week and uh, our first theater project that... Uh, a lot of you have seen online, most people don't know, it was like our first real theater. Well, it's like our third, but first real theater. So we'll tell you about that next week and everything that went crazy wrong in the process and uh, how we salvaged it. So I uh, appreciate you listening and we'll see you around.